Welcome back and welcome to the new. This is Redskins Rundown, the podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Johnson. Before we get started, I just wanted to say a quick thank you to everyone who listened and commented to the first episode, gave me some feedback and everything else. It's very much appreciated. If you're new, the way the podcast works, two topics for the episode and some trivia at the end. Um, today's topics, the way too early QB1 debate, sit em or start em, the Dwayne Haskins story, and topic two, the hottest topic at the moment, Trent Williams, contract situation, slash maybe ask for a trade. Not going to call it a holdout yet. We'll see. What should we do at this point? Trade him, give him some more money, have him hold out. How should we handle it? Let me know what you think at RedskinsRD21. Let's get started. Segment one. All right, two things. One was purposeful and one was not really, but they're showing how I feel about this topic. In the introduction, I talked about Dwayne Haskins, the debate, QB1, start him or sit him. If you noticed during my intro, it wasn't purposeful, but I never mentioned Case. <laughs> like I said, you see where my head's at. Case is not in the picture for me. And secondly, the intro music for today, never scared. I've seen a lot of opinions on sitting Dwayne because we're scared. Because we think this is RG3. Lewis Riddick, twice the quarterback of RG3, he said about Dwayne Haskins. Stop comparing him to RG3. Not even the same situation. They aren't even close to the same type of player. That cannot be an actual reason to not start him week one. Another reason I've seen not to start him. Lack of weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Which is crazy to me. What's this? Who's to say or what's the chance that we improve our weapons next season? I'm probably outnumbered on this, but if we stay healthy, I think there's a good chance we're going to surprise some people on offense. We're not going to be that anemic last five games of the season, Sanchez-Johnson offense. I think we can be better than the Alex Smith offense at the beginning half of the season. I hope we are. Not that they were great by any means, but they protected the ball, and that's what really matters. But like I said, healthy, gotta stay healthy. Who knows if that's gonna happen? The running back room, though. By midseason, it could be humming if everybody's there. I'm excited for Geis and what he brings. I'm even more excited for Love if he gets the chance to get out there at some point. I think people forget Chris Thompson, like a season and a half ago, was unstoppable for the first eight games that's that's what carries that's running the ball that's catching the ball in the backfield he's one of the best third down running backs when it comes to picking up blitzes I think that's super underrated Uh, makes me think of uh Clinton Portis his days of knocking people off the ball JPP was one of them you should YouTube that if you can and then AP you know AP's hard-nosed you know he's going to be ready I could see him getting a lot of carries inside the 20. The running game will be there. Jay will stick to the run, that is for sure, which will help Dwayne. And yeah, sure, there's a ton of questions at wide receiver, but the McLaurin and his familiarity can't be unaccounted for. It's huge. I heard he dropped a dime on him today for a touchdown. Harmon, which most of you are calling the steal of the draft, which 
I liked him, but not as high as a lot of you. And let's let's hope you're right. Quinn in the slot is putting up Crowder numbers, I think, no problem. Doxon needs to be used more in the red zone. At this point, he is what he is. He can still help us. Richardson can stretch the field. He's the speed that we lack. He's got to stay healthy. And then everyone's favorite, Cam Sims. Who knows? Who knows with Cam Sims? And I'm going to get killed for this, I know. But Jordan Reed is still special. He is. I know he gets hurt a lot. But if you go back to 2015, that playoff run, he was a monster. And even in the playoff game against Green Bay, he had a huge game. If you th- Some of those shake routes he ran against Philly in the game that clinched the division. This is not a reason not to play Haskins week one. We're going to be okay. We're going to run the ball. I know that. We're going to run the ball. We have a stable of backs that can do it. This isn't, oh, man, Geist goes down. We got Rob Kelly. We got Samaj Piran. We got Byron Marshall. We got, oh, man, Geist goes down. We got Adrian Peterson again, who broke off 1,000 last year. We got Chris Thompson, hopefully healthy. We got Bryce Love, hopefully coming off a pup at some point week six. There will be some weapons. Now, why he should start, to me, addressed a couple things of why I've seen why he shouldn't, why he should. Throw the history out the window. I hate this seeing the, well, Aaron Rodgers sat and he was great. He did awesome. He sat for two years, almost three. He's great. Peyton Manning played right away. I'm pretty sure. Not, I got to look it up. I'm pretty sure he led the league interceptions rookie year. I hate to say his name. Troy Aikman. 1-15 as a starter, as a rookie. There's no factual information showing one way is better than the other. Sitting a guy or playing a guy. There are, you can pull up many of players, different Carson Palmer comes to mind, sat for a little while. A lot of a lot of guys don't work out. Sitting in them or starting them right away, I don't think has anything to do with it. Haskins is ready. Arm strength is there. His accuracy is there. His ball placement is ridiculous. Tight windows, he can make every throw. I know it's a small sample size his college career but I mean you're completing 70% of your throws in college it's not not, no joke and you'll get the people say oh it's bubble screens it's quick game it's all this stuff he shows great touch on deep balls if you look at the McLaurin highlights which I've watched a dozen times he's not every touchdown his isn't a slant or a bubble screen he's dropping dimes in there on deep balls um, his understanding of the playbook is a reason I think he should be ready. I don't know. I can't say he's a genius or anything, but everybody's sitting back saying he's a very intelligent quarterback. And they ran a West Coast-style offense in college. I can't remember who it was, but somebody on Twitter had a bunch of breakdowns of Ohio State plays and plays that we ran last year that were almost identical. He's going to run a very similar offense that he ran in college. That helps him a lot. And you go with the Case argument. Case is in a new system, too. Yeah, he has tons of experience. Yeah, he's bounced around a bunch of times. But he's in a new system, too. He's learning it just as much as Haskins is. And then I think Gruden is going to be one of the main reasons he starts. Yeah, he's. I, I like the way he's handled it. No one is being 
announced as the starter at this point, as they shouldn't. But he's going to make him earn it. And Gruden wants to win. Obviously. He just joked about it a couple days ago about the hard knocks thing. Said something like, if we don't make the playoffs, he won't be here anyway. So let's do it next year. I believe Haskin gives us that best chance to win. We know what Keenum is. I know what Keenum is. You know what Keenum is. We've watched him. That Minnesota season to me, where everything came together and he had a ton of talent, it's more flukish to me. Um, I looked it up. He has a 62 career completion percentage. A lot of seasons he was in the 50s. He's not that quarterback. He's the quarterback who's been released seven times. He's not the Minnesota quarterback that everybody wants to hold on to. He's been traded or released seven times. He was undrafted for a reason. He's turned the ball over consistently. We're going to win games this year, much like we did last year, I think, relying on the defense and protecting the ball, playing the field position game, Tressway pinning everybody inside the five damn near. Even as a rookie, I think Haskin gives us the best chance to win. And I want to win now. I don't care about the let's tank for a better, let's finish a top five pick, let's hope we get whoever. I'm not even looking forward to the draft at all right now. I want to win this year. And Haskins can do that for us. Keenum is not it. You, you want you want to go six and ten, seven and nine. That's Keenum. Haskins gives us the unknown, the the hope that we need, and I think he can do it. I think once camp starts, it's going to be pretty clear to see who's quarterback one. Segment two, I wanted to start this with a thank you. Thank you to Trent. The last nine seasons, putting it on the line all the time, playing hurt. It's underappreciated after everything I've seen on Twitter the last few days. Thank you. So this week's news of Trent wanted to be traded or a new contract or released or whatever it may be kind of comes as a bit of a shock to me. You think about it. A little bit more. It's not a huge surprise when you look at the numbers. He's the ninth highest paid offensive lineman in the league at this point. To me, he's a top two tackle. Lewin is the only person I would put ahead of him right now, even though I don't like him. He's the only person I would put ahead of him. He's getting paid $13.2 million per year on his deal right now. Coming up on the last final two years, his cap hits are like 14.5, 14.6. He's looking for another payday. I understand that. I get it. And with all the stuff that came out today, I'm just going to say this about the medical staff. We all know it's a problem. But when Adrian Peterson says, and I'm going to quote this, I wrote this down. I talk to Trent all the time, and that's nothing I've heard out of his mouth. I'm going to go with AP, his friend who brought him here. It's Jason Lockenfora. Take it with a grain of salt. It is what it is. I just think he wants to get paid. I don't know if he has some medical issues or medical beef with the staff. So be it. I think he's trying to get paid. So some arguments that I've seen on Twitter um, about Trent and why we should get rid of him, why we should do this. I'm going to crush all those right now. So get ready. One, 
I saw he's a real leader by doing this. Sarcasm, obviously. He was a real leader when he risked his own health and went out there not near 100% and dominated Bosa and Ingram. Watch that game again. Dominated them. He has enough equity when it comes to leadership for this team. This guy's been here through an absolute circus and somehow made it seven Pro Bowls. Sure, he's made mistakes. I get it. But nobody's ever questioned what he's brought to you on game day. To the outside world, this isn't what real leaders do card is easy. Players throughout the league, I would say, respect it. You look at the Le'Veon Bell situation. Besides a handful of players on his team speaking out against him, you saw him league-wide, respected him what he did, made that decision to sit out. Did it cost him money? Sure. Is Trent going to sit out the whole season? I don't know. I doubt it. Especially as a 30-year-old offensive lineman. But the players respect it. Something else I saw. He's always hurt. How dare he ask for a new deal? This is what we see all the time whenever a guy's recently hurt. We see uh, injury-prone, injury-prone, injury-prone. I posted this on Twitter yesterday, the day before. Trent's averaged 13 to 14 games played over his entire career. You throw the, the two suspensions in there, which is eight games over nine years, he's at 14-15 a season. So to say he's always hurt, yeah, maybe he is always hurt, but he always plays. To say he misses half a season, which someone said, major exaggeration. He's always played at least 10 games. And even when playing hurt, you can look at the tape. He still plays at an elite level. He constantly gets it, at, guts it out and plays hard. And I can think of twice, including this year, where he was shut down early because we're out of playoff contention. That's what you do to elite-level players. Why play him in meaningless games? Meaning that he would have played even more games. So to say that he's always hurt, that's not the case. The suspensions are inexcusable, and I can't really defend that. But I guess you kind of can. In reality, it's for marijuana, but that's a whole other subject. Point to the injury thing is if it's 13, 14 games, I'll take Trent over almost anybody playing 16 he's that good his cap number is too high another thing I've seen Nate Solder I repeat Nate Solder has a cap hit of 17 million this year 17 Trent's is 14-7 and 14-6 the next two years an easy fix that I think makes everything work and everyone happy in this scenario is Brandon Sheriff getting paid Brandon Sheriff should get paid as well you pay him first you extend him now, and he's going to get top guard money. He deserves it. So why not pay a 27-year-old guard big money, backload his deal, so you're paying him heavy when he's 30, 31. That's fine. His current cap hit's 12 and a half. So you do this, you immediately free up, I don't know, $4.5 million. You give him an $8 million cap hit this year. Then after that, you have four and a half left that you can now use for Trank. Give him a pay raise. Give him two and a quarter extra the next two years, guaranteed. And he's in the 16-9 range. It's an easy thing to do. Throw a third-year option on there with some guaranteed, more guaranteed money. He's worth it. You have to pay elite-level talent. You don't just, ah, oh, he's up, oh, he's upset. Let's trade him. That's how you, with a left tackle, besides quarterback, most important position. 
you do this with the sheriff deal and back load it. You do this with the Trent deal and front load it. The next two seasons, you got big money coming off. Norman Smith, Reed Kerrigan, just to name a few. And even with Williams lumped in that group, two, three years from now, you have the money to extend some of the big guys, the Allens, the Paynes, make a decision on Foster. So the cap issue for Trent is, the not, is a non-issue, in my opinion. The money is there. There's a lot of things you can do to manipulate the cap. And Eric Schaefer's good at it. We all know that. Four, and this is going to be brief right here, the fourth reason why. I've seen he signed a contract. He should honor it. I can't stress this enough. This is, I laugh when I read this. Owners don't honor them. Why should a player honor a contract? That's all I'm going to say on that. And uh, another thing I always see too, I hate when I see this. Well, this, well, the next year's draft class is this, this, and this. The next year's draft class is this, this, and this. Nothing is guaranteed in this draft. You look at the 253 that are picked, 252, whatever it may be. Nobody is guaranteed. Nothing pans out like you think it's going to. Even the, the pros, the pundits, everybody. I don't care if your name is at blah, blah, scout or at blah, blah, draft. You don't know. None of us know. What we do know is that Trent is an elite top three tackle in the game. Top two, in my opinion. Lewin's, like I said, Lewin's the only one I put ahead of him. Still, at this age, hurt or not, he's still an elite tackle. You don't just give up on that. And then the most important reason to me why you don't trade him, and I talked about this in the first topic, is Dwayne Haskins. We just drafted what could be our franchise quarterback. What's arguably the most important position, like I said before, left tackle besides quarterback. Not only if we traded him, we'd immediately be worse. I can confidently say it would hurt Haskins' development. This is one of the weakest positions on the roster, left tackle, tackle in general. After trying it's Flowers, who isn't an NFL tackle, and Christian, who we don't even know if he's going to be healthy. He tore his ACL midseason and is a project, to say the best, to say the least. He's got to get bigger. He's got to get stronger. We don't know what's after that. Moses is, has played banged up all his career. What if he goes down? And you're looking at Flowers and Christian on the on the edges. We're in trouble if that's the case. Haskins is in trouble. You're going to deter his growth by making a stupid decision and getting rid of Trent Williams. You pay him. Trent really is the heartbeat of this team, in my opinion. So all I'm going to end this with is pay that man his money. HTTR. It's time for Name That Redskin, some Redskins trivia at the end of every episode. Last episode's answer, Mike Sellers, the Walla Walla Community College. Clue probably gave that one away. You can send me a response on Twitter at RedskinsRD21. So here we go with Name That Redskin. This Redskin attended college at the University of Alabama, was a six-time Pro Bowler, and was a part of a great pair of bookend tackles during the 2000s. Again, send me your answers to RedskinsRD21 on Twitter for a chance to win some Redskins swag. Quick shout-out to the sponsor at HO Hoodies, House of Hoodies. They have some incredible stuff. Haskins hoodie jersey. They just got the Geist one out now. 
Um, check my timeline for more information and you can use code RUNDOWN to get 15% off. I just want to send one last thank you to everyone who follows and interacts and I hope you enjoyed Redskins Rundown, the podcast, episode two, HTTR. Thank you.